0: and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer co-producer is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient word. In short, The Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what he has done, is doing, and what he will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. All right, welcome, seekers, to the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, by seekers and for seekers. Well, hope everyone survived that first big summer holiday, Memorial Weekend, and a couple of weekends ago. Well, after beginning in the middle of the winter, our podcast has reached summer, and we're still, by God's grace, posting a new one each Friday, as promised.
1: We are, and our listeners just keep growing um, for our shout-outs this our week. our listeners
0: growing, or is the population of the listeners <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I've been growing a little bit with all of the cookouts <laughs> yeah, we've been I having. Too, so.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm, I didn't mean to jump in there on you.
1: No, it's all good. Um, We've got Sunlight Community Church. Xavier, Suzanne, Royce, Richard, Valerie, JB, John, Nicole, Matt, and Gabriel. We're all glad to have you guys on board. Awesome, yeah.
0: Cool. Glad to have you guys on board. What was it? Sunlight?
1: Yeah, S O N L I G H T, Sunlight Community Church. I don't know where that's from. I don't know know where they're out of either. That's great. Okay. Okay, so last Friday's podcast uh, was number 22, and it was our first listener-inspired podcast. Our good friend Charles from Costa Rica suggested we do one on marriage, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. We learned a whole lot, and mostly that weddings and marriage as we know it is, and for the most part always has been, more of a cultural affair than a religious one.
0: Today's topic promises to be an interesting one. It's a subject that gets thrown around a lot, both from the pulpit and tv and christian talk shows and even social media today's topic's that little three-letter word are you ready for it wait for it sin that's
1: so, something you just can't say enough about yeah. <laughs> oh, andy, oh andy griffith show for i the have to go andy ahead griffith and
0: show. slip that yeah. in there now Oh, episode so of the o. Andy griffith before show. you guys you guys shut know down. that we're going counterclockwise here instead of clockwise that's why i mixed it right Yes. Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, before everyone <laughs> shuts down and starts saying, I knew it, I wondered how long it would be before they had to go there. Yeah. We just ask you to sit back and listen and have an open mind, which is really a good prerequisite to have yeah, if you're going to listen mean. to God Beyond, Beyond, Beyond the Bible. Yeah. This episode may cause you to rethink the whole sin issue that seems to dominate the religious mind and dialogue today. Okay, so in segment one, we're going to explore the word and definition behind this universal word that gets, in our opinion, overused and definitely abused. Maybe overemphasized is the right term.
0: Yeah, the English word sin or sins appears just over 400 times in the Old Testament and just under 200 times in the New Testament. The Old Testament Hebrew word is Strong's number 2403. It's katoth. And uh, it's a derivative from 2398, kata, both which, among other things, seem to get their roots in the definition to miss. That's the general to miss.
1: Mm-hmm. So in the New Testament Greek, the word is Strong's number 266, which mm-hmm. is, Alan? Harmatea. Okay. Harmatia, And number 264. Oh, excuse me.
0: Hey Martia. Hey Martino. Hey Martia.
1: And number 264.
0: Hey Martino
1: which is defined to miss the mark. The word sin first appeared in God's conversation with Cain in Genesis chapter 4, where after rejecting Cain's offering, God warns that sin lieth at the door.
0: Uh, Not surprisingly, the word appears more times in the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy than any other books in the Bible. It seems that the stage is set here and that the target for the Israelites to shoot for was the law. And to miss that target was sin. So the reality is sin and the law are inseparable. They're closely connected from the get-go. More than 165 times in these three books alone, 99 times in the main book of the law of the priest, the book of Leviticus. Hmm.
1: So almost every time the word sin is used in the entire Bible, it is connected to missing the mark concerning the law. However, the word sin does not appear in the Old Testament books of Judges, Ruth, First Chronicles, and Esther, which, by the way, and I think we talked about this in an earlier episode, but Esther doesn't contain the word God in it either. That's right. um, sin does not appear in Ecclesiastes or the Song of Solomon or in the books of Joel, Obadiah, Jonah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, or Malachi though it may appear in some of these books in a close form, using words like iniquity or wickedness, etc. Now in the New Testament, where the word sin or sins appears some 190 times, less than half than that of the Old Testament, where it appears in, it appears in every book with the exception of Philippians, First Thessalonians, Titus, and Philemon. And again, the intent or thought may appear in other forms.
0: Now, while it is true that sin or missing the mark is a theme throughout the Old and New Testaments, there's one main and important difference. While much of the Old Testament is focused on the problem of sin, for the most part, the theme of the New Testament is the remedy for sin, and that's Jesus Christ and his death on the cross.
1: Right. In fact, the promise concerning the Christ child was that he will take away the sins of the world. And of course, he would do this by fulfilling the demands of the law for all who had missed the mark, or any who, had miss, any who missed the mark were to suffer not only physical death of the body, but also spiritual death, which is a result of being separated from the life-giving source, God. And Jesus suffered both.
0: He first experienced spiritual death when he became sin on the cross. He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, it's important to note here, and I had this pointed out to me, it's important to note here, Jesus did not, at every other time, Jesus calls him Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But did you notice he became sin and separated, and he became a less intimate for, word here. He used God. Right. So he then suffered physical death. He died physically. And uh, this would be a, big, a good point to remind our listeners to revisit our episode number 17, The New Covenant of Grace, because it kind of interlocks with this yes. whole sin issue. Uh, anything else on this first thought, the words of sin? No,
1: I think we can conclude this segment. Okay. welcome back, listeners, to segment two of the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, the podcast by seekers and for seekers. This is episode 23, and the topic is sin.
0: Well, in segment one, we concluded that sin is a theme, is a theme that runs throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, with one very significant and important difference. While the Old Testament, for the most part, is devoted to the problem of sin, the New Testament, for the most part, is dedicated, as it should be to the remedy for sin.
1: We concluded segment one with the promise of Jesus' birth, that he would take away the sins of the world and pointed out that that he did just that on the cross, that he met the demands of missing the mark of the law by suffering both physical and spiritual death on our behalf to satisfy the law's penalty. And in this segment, we'd like to point out that sin is based on missing the mark or the goal or the target set by the law. And so the issue is not so much sin, but the expectation of the law and man's inability to hit that target. So to understand the whole sin concept, we have to understand the purpose of the law.
0: Uh, Plainly put, the purpose of the Old Testament law was to show mankind that he could never live up to the expectations of the law itself. In other words, keeping the law never led to salvation because... No, no one, one could keep it. Keep That's it. right. No one could keep it. And more problematic, the Jews of Jesus' age believed they were successfully keeping the law, which in essence made them in that state of mind unredeemable by God's bigger redemption plan. In Jesus' words, I came for those who need a physician. Or maybe a little clearer transliteration would be, I came for those who need a doctor and they know it.
1: <laughs> So first, let's look at the purpose of the law and to understand this, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: And to understand this, thank God for the provi- for the providing and preserving for us the clarifier of this issue. The flag bearer of the new covenant, the Apostle Paul, Tabitha's having a little throat problem having to drink some water here. Sorry. Listen carefully to what he writes to the believers of Rome in Romans chapter 3, beginning with verse 19. Now keep in mind that sin is the result of missing the mark. So what we're thinking about is we're thinking about the purpose of the law, beginning with verse 19 there.
1: Okay, I'll try verse 19. Obviously, the law applies to those for whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show the entire world it is guilty before God. So the first purpose, is to keep people from having excuses.
0: That's what he says. For what?
1: What? Excuses that they missed the mark because they didn't know what the mark was. And the second purpose is to show the entire world, that's everybody, that we are guilty of missing the mark. That is sin.
0: So here in one statement, Paul clarifies the entire purpose of the law And that is to show us that we are not capable of keeping the law. We may occasionally hit the target in one area, but we miss it in many others. Remember, this is what sin is, to be unable to meet or to maintain a standard.
1: Now, to those who in some grossly misled way think they are finding God's favor because they're occasionally hitting the target?
0: Y'all are, you know, ever know you people? I mean, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. we used to be like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. As legalists, we used to be like that. Well, I'm doing good. I'm not doing as bad as that person over there because I'm not doing what they're doing. I may I'm not, do
1: this, but I don't do yeah, that.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing that real bad sin that they're doing over there.
1: So if, if you've ever been that way or if you are that way right now, let's, let's continue. Remembering that sin and the law are inseparable. The concept of sin is based on missing the mark set by the law. Romans 3 verse 20 says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. I mean, does that phrase really need any clarification of its meaning or intent? It really can't be broken down or any further simplified than that, can it? No one
0: has ever been made right by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. See, sin, the law, that's all straightforward. Uh, Now, with this point made, we know the purpose and intent of the law, to show that God's standard cannot be met by any person. And the whole purpose of the law was to point out that very fact to us. Let's continue reading this all-important passage from Romans 3. Now, we just read verse 20. Now, here's verse 21.
1: But now God has shown us a way to be right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised by Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are.
0: For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard.
1: Did you hear it? Everyone has missed the mark concerning the standard God has set. The standard was intended to be too high because all have fallen short. Verse 24 says, Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Now, We encourage you to continue to read the rest of this passage where over and over Paul reiterates this same truth. And that truth is that we are made right with God through believing on Christ, not by obeying the law.
0: Absolutely right. You'll hear us say, and we declare it here again today, the issue concerning sin is settled. Sin is not the issue at all. The issue is Christ Jesus. The issue of missing the mark which pronounced the penalty of sin, was paid for in full by Christ Jesus. Well, that thought brings us to the close of segment two. Please stay with us for segment three and also the conclusion of this episode on sin.
1: Welcome back to segment three of episode 23 of our podcast God Beyond the Bible as we discuss that age-old controversial topic of sin. And in segment one we discovered that sin is missing the mark or standard that is set by the law and that the Old Testament pointed out the problem of sin and that the New Testament points to the remedy for sin.
0: And then in segment two we helped further lay the foundation for this, this last segment, kind sums everything up and brings us where we want to go, but in segment two, we looked at the purpose of the law, which is to show everyone that we have missed the mark as far as being able to be right with God by meeting the standard of the law, and that God provided the avenue for being right by allowing Jesus Christ to suffer the penalty demanded for sin by the law, and of course, that penalty was death.
1: So in this segment, we want to ask the question, If we can trust what Paul says about the sin issue being settled, why is there still so much time dedicated to preaching, teaching, and wagging our finger at sin? Or maybe better asked, why are we so focused and obsessed with ranting and railing on particular sins? So I guess the real question is, guys, did Christ settle the sin issue once and for all? Or is it still an issue that we must continue to struggle with and constantly point out and condemn and judge.
0: Our position mirrors Paul's position, and that is that sin is no longer an issue. The issue is believing on Christ. Judgment will be based on whether or not we believed on Christ, not whether or not we sinned or we sin less or more than someone else.
1: These disputes about that sin or this sin or my sin or your sin all comes from a very different place. It is our ego, that part of us that compels us to think we must compete and compare ourselves to others and measure the balance of who comes out on top. But ego is going to be a whole nother episode of its own, so we're not going to stray too far into that topic. So did Christ settle the sin issue? Did he die for all sin, for all ages, forever, past, present, and future? Now this is a very difficult subject for a lot of believers, especially where we've had our minds controlled by long periods of teaching with the absence of grace, or grace that's been mingled with the law, telling us that Christ died for our sin, but sin still counts against us and a record's being kept, and we will answer for all the times we miss the mark. So why don't we read what the writer of Hebrews has to say about this?
0: I've made no secret. I think the writer of issues is uh, the writer of issues. (laughs) The writer of Hebrews is Paul. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think he did it incognito because he was so resented by the Jewish community. And remember, the book of Hebrews is to Jewish believers, Jewish converts. So he's making the argument. But anyway, the writer says this in Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 10, verse 11. It reads like this under the old covenant the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins.
1: Verse 12, But our high priest, Jesus Christ, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Read that
0: again. Read that last four words. Good Good for
1: for all time. Then he sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. And in verse 13, there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet.
0: Verse 14, for by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy.
1: 15, and the Holy Spirit testifies that this is so by saying, this is the new covenant that I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds.
0: And in verse 17, then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds.
1: And verse 18, and when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. So is once for all time, really once for all time and is never really never and is forgiven, really forgiven. Yes, yes, and yes. yes.
0: <laughs> well I well, know I know those who say it sounds too good to be true. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You've heard that saying. Oh yeah. But I have a saying. And my saying is this when it comes to being right with God and the sin issue being settled, if it sounds too good to be true, it's called grace, people.
1: I like that I like one. That. It's yeah. grace. Man uses the sin issue to control and manipulate others. Now
0: let, let's talk about that statement just a yeah.
1: minute. Yeah, let's talk how do, about how, that. Do we,
0: how do we how do we do that? Why do you think how why, why do you think that is a true or a false statement? Man uses the sin issue, especially the church, the pulpit, mm-hmm. the Bible, to control and manipulate others.
1: Well, I mean, you see it all the time, I and mean, with social media, you see it plastered everywhere, and you know the church has become. Not using that broad stroke, but I'm um, just in general. It has become an issue for hot topics and oh. telling you what way to stand on what issue, especially political and social. as much it political anymore, and social yeah. as, it
0: is, as it is. And
1: bullying, full on. Oh, yeah. 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 Bullying. Yeah. Because, but it all stems from our obsessive need to be on the right side. I'm right. And if I'm loudest, then Ego. I'm really right. And that, Ego, isn't that yeah. right? Yeah. Ego? Ego,
0: yeah. It's more about being right than it is. Being right. Right,
1: yeah. It's more about
0: me being right, my opinion being the right one, than whether it's actually right. Well, yes, man uses a sin issue to control and manipulate others. It's back to the same old problem. We must somehow interject ourselves into the God-man relationship. You know, you need me to tell you if you're okay. Mm-hmm. You need someone else to tell you if you're doing okay. We, like the misled Jews, want to think it's about us and our performance. Now, I encourage you to go back and listen to the New Covenant of Grace issue again. And then we mislead ourselves and others by falsely believing that we are performing to God's standard, when the truth is we can never perform to that standard, That was the purpose of the standard of the law to begin with. It is to show us no matter how we try, we cannot hit the mark with any consistency. Thus, we need God to intervene as he did with Jesus.
1: Right. So if sin is the topic, it best be used for its intended purpose. And that is to point out that we all have failed and will continue to miss that mark. Now, here's where we get really messed up. The fact is, we are not declared innocent of sin by what Christ did. We are declared guilty, penalty paid in full.
0: And the issue is settled. We will not be retried for the crime because, as we just read, God said, I will remember their sins no more. Friends, that is past, present, and future. For if Christ died only for my past sins... Up until the time I believed, and then I was somehow responsible for maintaining the relationship by remaining sinless by my own efforts. Then, aren't I hopelessly lost?
1: Yes, but I mean, if you also and what if you believe that you have to do something? What was the point of Jesus dying on the cross? Does there that not no take point. the power away from what he did? Well, if I could do it, he didn't have to. Well, We want
0: to put the focus back on us. Right. And we want to put the focus back on the ego thing competing with other people. Sure. I'm better than you. I'm doing better than you because I'm not doing that sin.
1: And this is something that no. I still struggle with to this day. I cannot see certain things or... Even do certain things without registering in my mind the level of sin, well, despite a, the fact there was never any level, and it doesn't matter
0: anyway. And as we do, as we do some episodes on ego, uh, that's our ego. Ego yes. always has to declare something right or wrong, and it's right or wrong by my opinion or by my standard.
1: And I'm on the right but side. he guys know there's and and Dad doesn't ever do social media. He is very rarely, yeah. and I, I it and I both have social media accounts, and it is just so sad and so sickening it makes me so angry there's about five different memes going around and it's you can't be a christian if yeah and one of them is you can't be a christian if you vote this way or if you are (laughs) if you've done this and i'm like wait a minute (laughs) that's not what this is about you know
0: but so an issue a certain sin well i know a guy i'm gonna go ahead and say it i know a guy that he he just told me he believes like this that jesus died for our sins up until we were saved he died for our sins. then they were on him after that all of our sin is on us
1: oh i hate to think that's true
0: yeah i the scary thing is i mean and i know this guy and i'm thinking does he actually think he's living then this kind of life that i mean how, how do you how do you
1: well and you know that? and this goes back to our new covenant of grace but when you start doing this people can't wrap their heads around because they they have that the mentality of, well, if sinning is okay, then I'm just going to do well, it. Well, you're the just time. giving
0: people a license to sin. They yeah. can just sin all they tell want. I can tell to. you yeah. how
1: often I hear that. And guys, it comes down to when you really start to wrap your mind around it and experience that freedom. You really start doing the right things it, for the right reasons. As we said in that, it,
0: in that other episode, it doesn't make me want to go out and sin. It makes me not want to go out and sin because I'm happy where I am in the Father. I'm not being judged. Every All of my yes. moves are not being judged. It doesn't make me, it does it because I don't want to disappoint Daddy.
1: Right, and let me, while we have a few minutes here before we go into the conclusion, go ahead and answer this question. Okay. What is the point of asking, why do we really ask forgiveness for our sins? Is it because we have to to receive that forgiveness? No, no, no.
0: no, We do it. Uh, Well, we do it. uh, We're told you better ask forgiveness for that sin. You better get up there and ask forgiveness Mm -hmm. for that Mm -hmm. sin. Listen, the forgiveness has already come. Amen. Forgiveness is already there. Hitler's sin is forgiven. Yes. Now, the, people are not going to like this. Hitler's sin. Jesus died for Hitler's sin. G- Hitler will not believe. Never, If he never believed on Jesus. Right. He could, But,
1: but it even, was still even as bad
0: as his sins were, we talked mm-hmm. about this in the New Covenant issue. No. And no, I don't go and say, oh, God, forgive me my sins and all the sins I may have forgiven. Well, i tell you this. We look at forgiveness as though we're dipping in a pool. Mm -hmm. A stagnant Mm -hmm. pool. We just dip in there, and we better go back and dip again in this pool. Forgiveness flows from the cross from the day Jesus died. Forgiveness flows, and it's always flowing, washing us, always. Forgiveness is a new every morning. I had a woman tell me, we were discussing
1: the forgiveness of sins and the praying for forgiveness of sins, especially, you know, daily forgiving. And she told me, she said, there are some things, that I have to say that prayer about and go, Lord, I need you to get this off my mind because I can't stop thinking about it. But, and she said, and then there are other things where I know that it's best for me to just completely let it go and let it be out of my mind. She said, because I can't start that guilt cycle. That
0: promise was your sins will be remembered no more. Yes. I didn't say anything so if you ask God to forgive you.
1: Exactly. Right. Where, was that,
0: where was that tagged on there? If you ask God to forgive you and I know that's to I, I think go- that's a very gonna, important thing to talk about
1: to... when you talk about sin right. because that's that's something well Pe- you have to f- confess that mm-hmm. sin. Well, that,
0: and then that starts goes a little further. When now if you died and your sins, if you died in a car <laughs> wreck and you had some unforgiven sins, then you're going to then it negated <laughs> yeah. everything Jesus did. You and know. look how
1: much power that takes away from the cross, yes. and, that's and right. what he
0: did. Are we ready to conclude? I, I think, think we so. It. Well, my conclusion on the issue of sin is this. Christ concluded the issue.
1: Yes, he did. At
0: the risk of sounding judgmental, if I speak of someone else, I'll speak of myself. I wasted many a good opportunity in the way of pulpit time where I could have been declaring this good news of the message of the cross, but instead was ranting on this particular sin or some hot political or social issue which really took away from what Christ did. Yes, that's right. When we rant and rave about this sin or that sin, we're saying it's our own responsibility to do something about it and correct it, and then we can be right with God. How foolish. Not to mention, we are subconsciously declaring that we have mastered that particular sin ourselves, So we're better than those who are still struggling with that sin. Or maybe that's not even the sin we're struggling with, but the sin I'm struggling with is okay. And a lot let's just be honest, a lot of that's because, and I'm just opening you know shooting from the hip here. a lot of that's because my sin is hidden
1: yes. and yours is apparent.
0: Mm-hmm. and so if yours is a apparent sin that's a much worse sin than my <laughs> hidden sin. okay I know we have a new mind in Christ. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's how God has written his desire for us on our hearts and minds. and when I walk by the leadership of that renewed spirit, I can often avoid often avoid the pitfalls of the enemy puts in my path. But the truth is, I'm also still human, I'm still flesh, I have a carnal side, just as I think all believers do, and that makes me subject to miss the mark. And I do miss the mark, but thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ, He died for that sin too. Yes. Amen. Well, until the next time, my fellow seekers, God's grace, peace, and love be on you and yours for myself, Tabby and Tracen as we endeavor to encourage, encourage believers to think outside that tiny box to which man has spent centuries trying to confine our awesome God. We are God Beyond the Bible, the podcast by Seekers and for Seekers.
1: Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at GodBeyondTheBible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at GodBeyondTheBible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.